Hey, what's going on? This is your host, Zodi Zach of the Average Fails Podcast. Today's episode, I sit down with a good friend of mine, Ryan Guilford. We talk about uh, the old days. We were roommates at one point. We talk about uh, his business. He is a business owner. He owns his own landscaping business, Lifetime Landscaping. And uh, we also talk about veterans, veterans health, uh, and COVID-19. Uh, Ryan is a veteran. He served in the Navy. Um, and so, yeah, it was good sitting down, catching up with him. We had a good conversation, talked about life, talked about kids, talked about everything man it's a good conversation anyways uh yeah hope you guys enjoy it if you're looking for the most amazing podcast ever well this isn't it you're listening to the average fellas podcast guaranteed to let you down and leave you unsatisfied What's going on, Average Fellas Podcast? Oh, man, what is going on to all the listeners out there in the listening fear? Uh, wherever you guys are at in the world, hello, how are you? How you doing? Best of wishes. Uh, today is August 17th. It's a Monday, August 17th, and this is the Average Fellas Podcast. I'm your host, Zodi Zach, coming to you live all the way from Riverside, California. Oh, my God, it's been so hot out here, guys. I'm melting, physically melting. Um, yeah, a little updates about the show real quick. Um, last week's episode, uh, we had voice actor and YouTuber and Christian Riley Chase Fox on the show. Um, he, awesome week for us. 34 listens in the first week, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, reviewing, and following us. Uh, you guys know where to find us. We're on all the major podcast platforms. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah. Once again, guys, please sub review, uh, you know, and all those things. It, it helps us out. Uh, the helps the podcast out. Helps us rank in the directories. So the more like the more subscribes and reviews that we get, the higher up in the directory, um, it'd be easier for you to find us or for you to at least stumble upon us. That'd be kind of cool, right? <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for helping us out with those listens, guys. Um, if you guys are listening um, to the podcast regularly, uh, I don't know if you if you notice, but we have a new segment or a new midweek show called Star Bros um, that my brother and I started. So it's basically a Facebook call, and uh, pretty much what happens is we get into um, anything Star Wars, everything Star Wars. So right now we're watching The Mandalorian and Star Wars Resistance, and we're just sort of catching up. Uh, season two of The Mandalorian comes out, I believe, in October. Um, I'm not too sure exactly, but you'll find out uh, in Star Bros. So if you listen to Star Bros, that's Thursday night episodes. We do Facebook calls and we'll bring on guests and we just talk about Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, anything else that I need to catch you guys up on? <sighs> so uh, I have a confession to make. Um, this morning, I woke up at 5.30 a.m. and I started instagramming my friend 
uh, Wes, who lives in Japan, because I was panicking, thinking that I had to interview him this morning. And so I woke up in a panic and I was like, oh, my God, I get down. I got to start getting the recording stuff all set up. And uh, the time difference would be it'd be like 10 o'clock at night if I started at 6 a.m. in the morning. So here I am, 6 a.m. in the morning, put on the coffee getting ready for the show and I'm uh, messaging my friend Wes and um, next week's episode he's going to be on guys and I'm like hey man um, you ready I'm sorry for the last minute the last minute notes and he's like hey you said the 24th is what he messaged me back and I, I go look at my google calendar and I'm looking at it I'm like oh my goodness I can't believe I did this I ended up messaging the wrong guest uh, during the wrong week and so my guest today uh, is doing me a huge favor uh, kind of stepping in last minute because I was supposed to get him his notes a week before the podcast, a week before the show, and I was supposed to contact him and sort of go over um, how we do the show here uh, prior to recording the show. And uh, he's just being such a good a good sport. Uh, he I messaged him this morning and I was like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I mixed up the dates of our shows on my Google Calendar and I'm just, you know... I'm sorry. And so he's rolling with the punches. Uh, my guest is here today, the one and only Ryan Guilford. What's up, my guy? How you doing? What's going on? What is up? Wow. Man, this has been a long time coming, bro. And I almost started laughing when you're explaining what happened with the mix up on the um, with your other guests. Dude. It was, it was, it was terrifying because I, because then I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm definitely like, you know, like this is a big reach for me to ask at six 30 in the morning. Like, Hey, you know, like I think I'm not sure what time I messaged you at, but I was like, Hey bro, I'm totally forgot. I mixed up my days, you know? So I'm just glad you're able to do it, man. I'm, I'm if I'm, I'm sure you had plans today. <laughs> uh, I mean, I moved some things around, but it was no big deal. Oh man. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so Ryan, yeah, let, um, let me, I'm just gonna talk about kind of like, you know, we're friends, you know, we, we met in high school. Mate, was it, was it during high school that we really met? We, we met? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think it was senior year. Our friend circle kind of was the same. That's right. That's right. Our, our senior year, our friend circle, we were in yearbook oh, together. Yeah. Yearbook. That's what I was gonna say. Yearbook really like kicked it off. Man, that was the time of my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was actually thinking about uh, um, back in that yearbook class the other day, and uh, uh, it was definitely so. That was some of my best memories in high school, I think. Oh man, yeah, that class was so fun. Do you remember when we actually used the the school's credit card to buy donuts one day? No, I don't well, remember did, that. I think we bought a bunch of little Debbie snacks. I think. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mi- no, I don't remember that. Hey, do you remember Miss you remember Miss Borges, right? Yes. Yeah, she was a yearbook. She was a yearbook coordinator, right? Yeah, uh, I think Do you remember wasn't the she tr- another I think she was an art teacher too. She was an art teacher, that's like right, that. yeah. Uh, do you remember uh I don't know if you were there or not, but one time she had asked if um she'd asked me and I think somebody else, I'm not sure if it was you, if we wanted to go see we wanted to go to Marley Fest. Oh, Man, that rings a bell. That... Okay, you, but you remember her talking about how she lets her kids play Grand Theft Auto, right? Yes. yes okay. Yes, that, yes. Okay. So closely followed after that conversation about letting her kids play Grand Theft Auto, she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to Marley Fest. Do you guys want to go?" 
Oh my goodness, I do remember this. Oh my gosh. I was I sat there thinking, I was like, wait a second, my art teacher is asking me if I want to go to Marley Fest. There's two possibilities here. Either she's a huge pothead and she knows yeah. I'm a pothead. <laughs> that was that was that was my first thought. And then the second thought was just like, oh my god, I can definitely get in trouble for this, so I should probably not go. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my, my thoughts were the same, but reverse, like for, first right away, I thought, man, how much trouble are we going to get, you know, could we get into right, and, then, yeah. and I was like, wait a second. She definitely smokes pot. If she's <laughs> an art teacher and going to, you know, Marley Fest. That exactly. Turned out to be one of my favorite teachers though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, man. So how's life? How's life? How's it going? Oh man. I turned 30 last yeah i'll be 31 this year i when i turned 30 i was just like i think everything just hit me i'm like man i need to do a little self-checkup what am i doing with my life like you know i had to like get rearrange my goals and um just look at the overall picture but everything has been going great i'm happy where my life is right now and uh I don't know, the future is looking good for me. Pretty, I'm pretty excited. Good, man. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the listeners out there, Ryan and I actually used to be roommates too. So after high school, a few years after high school, we ended up getting a place together. And um, man, that was some oh, wild geez. times. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I think about I think about that too all the time. Every time I have uh, a story, because I you know I have moved. I'm in Kentucky right now. Oh wow! And man. I got. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm, I was supposed to update you and all that. But um, so I got like different friends over here, obviously. So every time I bring up, a, a, you know, a story from back when I was in California, it's usually a story that came from that rental house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Me too, dude. My wife, she, she's like, I had enough hearing about the Santa Barbara house. And I was like, yo, it was a reality TV show, basically. Oh, my gosh. It could have been. It could have been. It should have been. That's what it should have been. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was. Oh my god! If we were smart enough, we would have capitalized. We would have been YouTube famous by now, bro. That was yeah. That was like right on the forefront. Like we, yeah, yeah that could have been. Remember that time uh, we're in the garage, and I'm not sure if I had my. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had my guitar in my hand, but we're we're just putting a little, just like a little riff together. And he started singing over it. And I think my brother recorded it. And I had that recording for the longest time. And I, I it was, it sounded so like good and raw. And I was like, man, I, sh- I need to get my guitar back and oh, start man. playing again. Oh, man. I, I miss those days. I have a couple of them. I have a couple of those kind of recordings. Maybe I'll post them. I'll post them eventually. I'll share some of them. I have yeah. some of those. I would just record the room, like just the garage or whatever. A couple of different, I know a lot of people that, have gotten on my recordings i just there's so many of them i don't even know where to begin or how to even separate or comb through them for any material (laughs) yeah yeah but um yeah the santa barbara house we uh uh those of you guys locals los panos local listeners uh i think we kind of i kind of cater to them a lot but that's okay that's because that's home you know whatever yeah yeah uh Santa Barbara, you guys know where Santa Barbara's at, the Santa Barbara Street. We actually lived on a house, a little one-story, three-bedroom house. We rented it out on that street, and um, 
This was a time where everybody in that house, maybe except for one, was just doing gonna... something dumb. <laughs> yeah. How many how many people do we have in there? Suddenly there was remember. me. There I know there was there was Phil was my next door neighbor room. And then there was oh. you and at the time who you were dating. Yeah. So I remember that was kind of like the, the housing arrangement. That, I thought we had one more. But we did have people coming in and out, like friends always staying over and stuff. So that was kind of like, I know there was every morning I'd wake up and there'd probably be two of my friends either in the garage or in the living room. So that was. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like every night we'd have, you know, people would just be in and out of that house. And yeah. I'm surprised we didn't get stuff stolen. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it, right? I, okay, do you remember the mound of Coke that we found, though? What? Yeah, so, okay, I'm surprised you remember this. So, our feed, if it doesn't ring a bell, one time we came, I came home from work, and I was working at Starbucks at the time, so I came home from work, I walked through the front door, and I'm not sure who, I don't know if it was you, or Phil, or, um, or uh, Lindsay at the time, I'm not sure who it was, somebody had found a mound of Coke on our counter, our kitchen counter, right? And there was, I forgot who was who was there, but there was somebody was there with their friends and they, we were all looking at it on the counter and I was and I was like, yo, this is too much. This right here, this is definitely, this will put us in jail, but it'll uh, also yeah. pay rent for a while. So <laughs> I, I remember we stored it on top of the refrigerator. And the next day when I came home from work, we had a huge discussion because somebody stole it. Oh man! I don't know who did, but I don't know how it happened. But somebody stole it, and the first thing my thoughts were was like, "Yo, I know some of y'all in here are just coke fiends." No, just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. I I kind of remember having the initial discussion. This was after like a wild party. We- this was none of our coke. Don't trust. Like I've I've never like wanted to be a person involved in that kind of lifestyle. Okay, I'm not yeah. trying to get coked yeah. out, but. But I'm saying we had a, we used to have a lot of parties all the time, and you know the day after the party, this is what was left on the counter, and you know that was the discussion that kind of followed. <laughs> Man, I, I remember coming across it, but I don't remember putting it on top of the refrigerator. Yeah, I, well, so I, if my my recollection is definitely probably really, really messed up just because of the amount of things that were taking place in that house at the time. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. It, it could be. It could be. Maybe I mix that with another story. I'm not sure. Okay. I, all right. Re- really quick before you change the subject. Yeah. Do you remember? I think it was New Year's in that house. We had a New Year's party, and uh, our buddy Garrett came over with a half a half a bottle of wild turkey. Yes. And we're already we're already drinking and playing beer pong prior to this in yes. the garage and and so i was already drunk and he i don't know if it was him and you and everyone else pressured me into just drinking that so i ended up one drink led to another and i chugged me and him probably finished that bottle oh i'm and sure you guys the, probably did the last thing i remember was waking up in the morning with my head i'm laying on the floor like superman with my head right outside the sliding back door so if i threw up i threw up outside <laughs> yes and, i remember that <laughs> oh my gosh i don't remember what happened until someone showed me a video and um oh i said God. i was like 
I was gonna fight a bear naked or something. Like I was so drunk. Whatever, but, man. Yeah. Red blooded, red blooded American. I'll fight a bear right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Oh man, I remember those days. Do you remember? I think somebody has a video of me. But one time I was, I were. Now we're just getting into all our craziness. But one time I was, I was high on shrooms at one point. And I know this is memorable for you because I made a fool of myself on shrooms multiple times in that house. <laughs> Dude, I just told this story the other day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Dude, so I don't know if you remember this, but somebody got a, a cell phone clip of me and I'm looking at them dead in the eyes and I'm telling them, like, you are going to go to hell and you need Jesus. And I've seen hell because <laughs> I've been there. Because my the trip that I had, I okay, before I did these mushrooms on this particular occasion, I had finished reading Dante's Inferno. And so this was kind of like in the back of my subconscious about this guy's journey through hell. Oh, and I yeah, go, I okay. take these mushrooms and, you know, my subconscious kind of took that story and morphed it into what I was experiencing. And so my hallucination and my trip was kind of contaminated with, you know, the story of <laughs> of Dante's Inferno. So which is the wrong thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong thing to do. Um, yeah. Hey, so um, I think we, I mean, we definitely caught up a bit about some of we reminisced a little too much about our about our past life guys yeah i don't want i don't want to put you on blast too much oh man it's all good that's kind of what i figured this this podcast would end up being is i just be a tell all about all the crazy shenanigans i got myself into um yeah definitely worth it hey so married life you married uh what's going on with that yes married uh actually just had uh our seventh seventh year anniversary on this past saturday wow yeah congratulations and thank you and uh so she's from kentucky that's how i ended up here um we met in the military and when we we're stationed in san diego and we she i ended up getting her pregnant and before before marriage which i know it's the wrong thing to do but luckily we were already already in love with each other before that happened so we get out of the military and she was really close with her family so i I agreed we can just come back here yeah and you know put some roots down here wow man that's that uh, now okay what was that like i mean i know i'm I'm, (sighs) that must be kind of difficult because it's kind of like okay what was at that point, like you just got your girl pregnant, right? And you know that this is somebody that you want to spend your life with. You know, in that moment, what were you like 19? You must have been like, what, 20, 23, 24 at the time? Oh, man. I was, I think I was 23. Yeah. Was yeah, that, was that kind of, was that a shocker for you? I, mean, I don't have any kids right now, but like, I imagine like if I had a kid tomorrow, I would definitely be scared. And I'm, th- I'm 32, bro. I don't yeah. have any kids. So what was that like for you, th- 23, 24? Um, she, okay, so she obviously freaked out. But I was, I kept it calm and, like, cool-headed. And I think so, a part of me, I've always, I, like, I was, I was ready to settle down. Like, I did all my partying, yeah. you know, with you and yeah. friends back at home. And, um. <laughs> I did a little more partying in the military, but like I, I was ready to, you know, put the brakes on. So I was already in that mindset prior to um, 
having our first kid. So when it when it when the news came, I, I was pretty. I was ready. I was ready for I, it. I, I kind of got that vibe from you too, because like when we were living together, you seemed to be the more responsible dad figure in the house. Because like you, <laughs> like you definitely <laughs> mowed the lawn and like kept you know yeah. kept certain things like the way a dad should keep it. And I was like, dang, I need to take some notes because. Uh, <laughs> Like my dad, my, my dad's skills are definitely lacking, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it was, yeah, I do remember, uh, being like that, but I think it's just how, and it's how people are raised, I guess. I, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. But. yeah but I mean, like it's, it's, you know, like you said, you felt ready for it. You kind of got those wild hairs out already and stuff. And, I think that's, you know, I think that's something for a lot of dudes that need to need to consider that, you know, like, hey, like you got to get that wild hair if you still got it and you can't settle down, then don't don't pursue settling down if you still got that, you know, but it seems, yeah. like, you know, you kind of figured you you kind of figured out the moment was like, you know what, I'm kind of done and I need to you know move on to the next step. And kids, man, how many you got now? I have two. Two kids. Wow. And she wants a third one, but I'm trying to say, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Two is good because we, we, my oldest is a girl and my youngest is, is a boy. So we got one of each. It, like everything's good right now. Financially good. A third one's just going to put a wrench in everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I love kids, but. <sighs> oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, I know my wife, she's on a kick right now for kids right now. She just wants them. She wants them. I'm like, we have a dog. She's like, that's not the same though. I'm like, oh my God. But, um, yeah, I know eventually I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm ready to have kids, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't have any wild streaks or I want to go party or anything like that. But like, you know, I'm looking at finances. I'm looking at like, you know, the situation that we're in and stuff, like as far as like nationally, like, do I want to have a kid yeah. in the middle of this garbage that's going on right now? Like there's just so much stuff happening that I don't know if, you know, if it was a wise choice or not, but, but yeah, yeah no, it's, it's at the forefront all the time. That's definitely something to think about is what is going on right now in the world. I, I really wouldn't want to uh bring a kid into that i mean i'm already raising my two through it and you know they're starting to ask questions about certain things and it's definitely a change it's definitely a change and i I imagine as a parent too like you just like man like i want my kids to have the best you know opportunity and the best you know like you know education and stuff like that and i could imagine like especially right now it's like you're like how do i provide that for my kids during the middle of all the craziness you know yeah yeah so i I imagine as a parent like you as a parent you're probably thinking about that quite a bit man i yeah uh i think health and safety is probably like my biggest priority right now because you know it's all i'm sure there's riots or protesting all over the country yeah and you know it's it's scary it's a scary time definitely man definitely hey um i want to move on to another subject um yeah, I'm sure your kids are like the greatest gift to you, man. I just I don't want to I don't want to cut you short on on praising them, but, um, but I want to talk about a little bit um, about the military because I know that you you mentioned that you were in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, what branch? I was in the U.S. Navy, same as my wife. Wow! And uh, so I can't remember what year it was. 
I think it was right after that Santa Barbara house. Um, it's probably me, close to like 2009, 2010-ish, probably around there. I think it was two, 2010. Yeah, I came into military April 2000, so yeah, 2010 or 11. But uh, me, it was, remember my brother, Sean? Yeah. The, yeah, so he originally made the choice to go and join the Coast Guard and... I think I was, it was like our last couple months at that house. And I was like, man, what are you doing? We can just stay here and keep partying and everything. And, yeah. um, he said, you know, I, I need to get out of town or I'm just going to be stuck here. And that, that kind of like registered with me. I was like, man, I'm going to keep either get out now or I'm just going to be stuck here working at, you know, Petco. I think I was working at Petco at the time. Yeah. I remember and, you, were, uh, you were aquatic specialist, bro. Oh man, I was so hyped about that. <laughs> Have my special uh, tag with my stickers and everything. Um, but yeah, so my brother was responsible for me joining, and I think he couldn't. The entrance exam for the Coast Guard's like real high; they don't just take anyone. And I, I don't know if my brother quite made it or not. But I said, "What about the Navy?" It's Kind of like the Coast Guard, just a, a lot more guns and action, and so cooler we stuff. <laughs> yeah, cooler stuff. So we agreed to go in together, and we went through boot camp together, same division, same like class, and we gra- we graduated together. Went to Florida together for our initial um, rating. That's it's that's your job you're assigned in the military. And it was, uh, I, it was actually computers, uh, IT, IT specialists is what they called it. And embarrassingly, I failed. I dropped out of that class. I couldn't make it. It was pretty hard. So they re, re-rated me as a sonar technician. And the A school was in San Diego. And I, I told my brother, I was like, man, I'm going back to California. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he 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 made uh, my brother made it a couple more months than i did but he he ended up dropping out too and got this re-rated at the, as the same job and he came uh met me in san diego so wow. we're there together <laughs> yeah we're we're pretty much together the whole way until wow, how awesome yeah until we graduated we actually graduated that a school and he went his way and i went my way in the military so it was it was was fun it was a good journey so you would you know like you you would say that you enjoyed your your experience in the in the military i did uh so back i mean the military is always changing so right now i can assume that it's it's pretty bad with with the corona because all a lot of the major military bases are still in quarantine or they're not letting sailors go on and off base like they normally would. So I can imagine right now being in the military would be pretty difficult. But, um, when I was coming through, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty much like college all over again. And then, you know, get to work and you meet a lot of good people. I made friends. I still keep in touch with some of them. You get travel yeah, they might may not be the best places to travel, but I mean, 
not a lot of people can say they are across the equator way out in the ocean and had a special ceremony for it. You know, there's, there was a lot of cool stuff that came along with, um, being in the military and traveling. So, so you would so the, the phrase you want to see the world join the Navy is true. Definitely. It's still true. Yep. Still true. Wow. That's awesome. See, if there was any branch that I would want to join, it definitely want to be the Navy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I don't think I do. You, do you, is there a difference between like uh, Air Force and Navy as far as like what they require for you to like join? Because I'm always seeing jokes. This, the military people will understand this. OK, because I <laughs> yeah. always see memes, especially from you and your brother, where it's just like Army, Navy, Air Force and then like, you know, Coast Guard or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you guys are always taking shots at each other, making fun of each other and stuff. So I, I I'm not in that brotherhood, but I, I understand it because I played team sports my entire life, you know, and there's just a brotherhood yeah. about going through pain together, you know, like and you went yeah. through your certain you went through a certain level of pain together with your brothers. And then like you act at the end of it, you have this moment of, you know, like, yeah, we're just, ooh, you know, we're together. We're, it's just, you know, yeah. whatever. Anyways, can you explain that dynamic? Like what's, what's, is there like, what are like the four like things that the military branches sort of just like, they make fun of each other for these typical funny things, right? Yeah. It's so it's kind of like, like all the branches are trying to, you know, put themselves at, it's like this imaginary list and they're trying to put their, their branch at the top of the list. And, um, you know, they, obviously they all have their different opinions, but realistically the chair force, I mean, air force <laughs> is, <laughs> I think is at the top as far as, um, uh, like quality of living like their boot camp is so nice they have the best food in the in the military their chow halls are the best you know uh barracks are so nice like little college dorm rooms and wow. then <laughs> from there you slowly work your way down i mean uh probably i'd say the navy would come in after that um and then you know the marines and the army get made fun of the most because um as a majority they're doing a lot of the grunt work. Um, I mean, everyone's putting their life on the line, but I feel like they're they're doing the most for protecting the country. So they get made fun of a lot um, just because of their way, yeah. their way of life. Like you know, going through boot camp. Um, one of the running jokes is uh, the what Marines what Marines stands for, and it, it's my ass rides in navy equipment yeah because uh, <laughs> the marine the marine corps is uh part of the u.s navy because we we take them um you know overseas on their deployments and drop them off or whatever and so i mean there's there's jokes like that it's and but at the end of the day like you said the dynamic it we're all brothers and sisters and um at one point or another, it doesn't matter what branch you're in, you're going to be fighting side by side with a different branch. Um, right. You know, I was, our ship was deployed to the Middle East um, in the Persian Gulf. And you'd figure being on a ship, you know, you're not going to see anyone else. But we did training exercises with the Army, with um, Apache helicopter pilots. We had, um, 
some special uh, marine like special force units come on our ship to do training so you know everyone's working together yeah. and um yeah so it's it's a good experience that I'll never forget. I, you know, it's funny is I always tell my wife now, I always tell her all the time, like, you know, I wish I probably, I should, I should have just like done what my friend Ryan did, joined the Navy. Like, cause I get what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You see like you have to get out of Los Banos. Cause I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of people, I share the same sentiment as you. Like if the, if you didn't invest into your work or into a project in Los Banos, then you would end up getting sucked into the little community. Like, you know, just sort of, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not trying to bang on Los Banos because there is a there is a a a, a beautifulness to the quaint, you know, familiarity yeah. of it, right? Uh, but at the same time, there the lack of resources for kids getting out of high school, looking for jobs, trying to get into a career field. There's not a lot going on there. It doesn't op- doesn't offer those opportunities for graduates from high school, you know. And no. uh, and like for you saying, like joining the Navy after you know. 21 23 years old when you joined wasn't i mean it seems like it maybe have been a little late compared to kids that just joined right after high school but yeah uh, it was still early enough for for you to um you know to be competitive in in that in that career i guess i I feel like the military is becoming more of a career path for people especially when it comes to like um uh you know school and stuff so i'm not sure if did you kind of like consider that like after you joined the uh, after you joined the military, was there like a, another bridge after that, that you wanted to like, kind of follow based upon your military experience or, um, there, I mean, every, every branch gives you the opportunity to go to school, um, f- you know, funded. And, uh, it's, it's not for everyone. Okay. So school's not for everyone. Right. Right. Um, cause you can, the job you're doing in the military, you know, you could do that for the rest of your career and, and love it. And, um, you know, school or no school, there's a lot of people that, you know, f- got assigned a job or picked a job that, that they love and put all their passion into. So, um, with me, I had, you know, I thought about school cause you can, you can go to specialty schools like within the military or, um, you can they can send you to OCS it's like officer officer school so you go to get a traditional bachelor's degree and then come back to the military as an officer yeah. and continue continue your career that that's the most popular way to do it but um it's it crossed my mind but um we ended up having kids so that really changed everything right so i had to make a choice and I think I picked the right one. No, I, I I would agree. You know, kids kids are just one of those things. Like where, I think once you experience them, I'm I'm, just, I'm speaking out of place here, obviously, as a person who doesn't have kids. But I, I from what I understand, when people say, like, man, my kids are like my world. Like once I think there's that. Like my, one of my friends, one of my best friends, Nick, he just you know he just had a kid a few months ago, and uh, my other friend mm-hmm. Tubby had a had a kid a few months ago, and um they have the sentiment of like before you were a father before you're a parent like you didn't you don't really understand what it's like to have a kid but once when you have one there's like this unable there's just like un un 
I guess, failing love for your child, you know, like undying love for your child. You just all of a sudden instantly yeah. become. So I could, I could imagine that by making the same, the, you saying like you make the right choice by raising your kids. I understand that. And I, and I appreciate that. I think a lot of people need to be more focused around raising their children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I feel like one of the things too, you're talking about, um, my cousin actually did that in the military. He went and got his bachelor's degree and then he came back to the Marines and he's, I don't know. He's stationed in San Diego. He pushes a pencil, mm-hmm. but he's a Marine. So I, don't, yeah. I have no idea what yeah. his job is. Anyways. Um, so, um, yeah, after, after the military, um, you said you, you settled down, set some roots in Kentucky. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Kentucky, Kentucky. man. What was that? What was I, the, Was there a culture shock between California and Kentucky? Oh my gosh. I didn't even know what, where Kentucky was, if it was a real state or not. Like, she said, uh, I, when I found out where she was from, and then I, you know, her accent was a giveaway. Um, I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was definitely nervous. Uh, yeah, it was a culture shock when I got here. And prior to moving here, um, when we're both in the service still, we took um, leave or vacation for normal people. And we, traveled over here i think two or three times so i got to visit um and check it out before i actually moved here so i think that helped a little bit yeah but it was uh it was a big culture shock (laughs) um so speaking on that on like same line here said settled roots and you know and everything um so you're a business owner right Yes, I started my own landscaping company two years ago. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that I got when I when I first moved here, um, I, you know, I was bouncing around job to job trying to, you know, see what what the works like over here. Um, and one of the jobs I got full time. Um, like labor landscaper for a yeah. diff- for someone else's landscaping company. And right away I was like, man, this is my calling. I love being outdoors, you know, working with equipment, um, you know, not hard labor, but you know, just like everyday labor, a good, a good sweat. Um, you get a good sweat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good sweat. So after that, or while I was there, um, I became close with the owner, with my boss and I asked them to be, I sat down and asked him to be my mentor and told him like, I want to go off on my own and, and do what you, you did, you know, cause he was really established, had a nice shop and all this fancy equipment. And so I got to talking with him and, you know, he, he steered me in the right direction. And when I was ready, I told him, you know, I'm sorry, I have to leave your company, but I, I need to start my own, my own dream, you know? Yeah. And that's where it all started from that. What's, what's the name of your, what's the name of your business? Oh, uh, lifetime landscape lifetime. That sounds great. Yeah. And I got a, I'll have to send you a business card, but it's a real, real nice, fancy little business card. I was proud of it. Dude, that's how it all starts, man. It all starts with a business card. I was doing that with uh, photography for a while. I was just doing amateur photography for a while and I put together my first business card and I was so proud of myself. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's there's something about being, you know, creating something for yourself. You know, it's nobody yeah. else's. It's mine. 
Yeah. Do you feel it's like definitely... that's... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, do you feel like that's like kind of a part of like, was that part of your decision? Because I feel like maybe like, you know, you want to start this business. It's a, it's a landscaping business, but at the same time, like, was there a sense of just like self, like, man, this is, what did that feel like? You know? Um, it's scary because you're leaving. Well, I mean, most people will leave, um, on their own, um, like go like head first into starting their own business, leaving the security of having another job behind, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're putting yourself out there risking it. Um, and I'm not really in that situation yet because I'm still working another, uh, full-time job. So I'm pretty much working two jobs right now. Um, but it's, it's scary. It's scary because, you're responsible for um i just feel like this huge thing over your head and uh customers you're in charge of uh business decisions and you know i'm still learning as i'm going there's no handbook to starting your own business um you know i've made mistakes already but it's just part of growing i guess yeah so, um, so do you feel that, oh man, I'm trying to see how I, how I can frame this question here. Um, so what, what, so you mentioned that your, your previous, your previous, uh, manager or the guy who owned his own landscaping company that you'd worked for at the time that he had reached like a certain goal that you were like, I can, you know, did you see yourself in him or did you see yourself able to obtain what he was able to create? Like I can do this. Was that like a sort of a thought that you had? Yeah, I I didn't really see myself in him, but I definitely um I definitely thought like I could do this. I could I could be where he is however many years down the road because he started when he was young and um you know, perseverance just kept doing it. Uh that's the one thing he told me was be consistent. Don't give up. You'll eventually get there. And um and I thought, I was like, I could do this. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. So, so what was like your first, uh, so did, what was it like? Um, just, I guess like, I don't want to say it promoting, but like when you first started, was that sort of like a struggle, like to maybe person, like get some clients at first and like, what was that? Yeah. Like, what was that like for you experiencing that first few couple clients or like breaking into the business? Yeah, like marketing, it was. It's it's still hard because um, so many people do landscaping. So it's definitely a, it's like a turf war. Like, Mortanios, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, uh, but when I first started, I I did the business card thing, and then I made some um, a little. They're like pamphlet size, like a little little bigger than a business card and i and i put like first time specials on there i was offering specials to like first time customers or if you like prepay for a month you get a discount or something like that so i i passed that out with my business card and i literally threw my kids in the car and we just drove around through neighborhoods putting putting this um material in people's uh, mailboxes wow and yeah, and some door to door, 
not a lot of people were home, so I just stuck to the mailbox idea. But I, I started, it took about, so I started two years ago. I started advertising early spring, like right before the grass season um, starts. So I had a couple months of just sitting there waiting for, staring at my phone, waiting for a phone call, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, my first year, I think I started the season with four customers, uh, four clients for weekly um, grass cutting. And then as the season went on, I picked up, ended up with seven total. And uh, I think a little 50-50 word of mouth and, you know, actually trying to market it. Um, that, that I think that's how I started off. Wow. With that. Yeah, uh, no, it's, um, that's a... Uh... That's kind of cool though. I, 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 you know, it just shows that you kind of, you got to step, step out, think outside of the box a little bit. You said you just threw the kids in the car and went out and started marketing yourself, you know, and I, yeah, that's, that takes a lot, man. And I, I think that's something that somebody needs to hear. Somebody maybe is owning a business. Someone's running a business right now. You just got to get out there and do it, you know? Yeah. Oh man. No, I, think- I could, I could definitely, I could definitely give advice already. Um, if you're, or, anyone trying to start their own business it's consistency i mean i I still agree with what my mentor told me like you can't do it half-assed you need to you know stay 100 percent all the time even when you're feeling like you're failing or you know you're having a low month depending on what your business is but if you just keep doing it and you you know you feel in your heart that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. You you just gotta stick with it, and you'll come out on top. Wow. Hey, um, so what are what are some advantages to being a business owner? That's okay. So this is my these are this is why I started my own business just for the flexibility. Like that was definitely an advantage, um, especially having kids. Because my wife works full time, and with me cutting grass, I'm a lot more flexible to pick up the kids from school or you know go groceries or whatever the case is right um, that's one of my advantages. Another advantage I'd say is um, recognition on the local level like uh a lot of my customers are starting to recognize me around town and, and, you know, just having that feeling of, Oh, that's lifetime landscape or whatever. And, um, a lot of my customers are recommending me. So I'll, I'll see my name pop up on Facebook and I guess it's like kind of a little bit the fame fame that comes, yeah, comes along with it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Hey, is there any movies that are like based upon like landscapers, like yard care kind of like stuff? Like any movies that? <laughs> uh, not that I know of, honestly. I, um, I, feel I like, mean, because there's a lot of stuff here that you've mentioned about like the business I feel would be a good movie, like Turf Wars, and it's specifically about cutting lawns. Like there's there's a lot yeah. to be said. That's funny. yeah there i mean there's a lot of comedies and and movies with they'll have scenes with you know someone doing some landscaping i think um 
summer catch had a scene in it with uh the uh freddie was it freddie prince jr yeah freddie prince jr's girlfriend uh, i think it was forget her name actress actress's name but she was on the lawnmower riding and they and they had her like her sweat glistening off oh her my skin God. and you know like a typical like you know scene like that beer um, commercial <laughs> yes you know i see stuff like that um all the time but as far as like a movie specifically no but that's a good idea that is a good idea one. man that's awesome yeah. oh my gosh um hey so as a business owner, have you kind of, have you felt the effects of like the COVID situation on your business or has that kind of been like in your community? I don't know how that's like really working oh, for you. It is a struggle. It's still a struggle. Uh, for, fortunately, um, I, I've bounced back already, but all it seems like all this started, um, the quarantine and everything started right when grass seasons, um, because I start cutting in late April, middle of April sometimes depends on the season. But right when I was supposed to get out and start um, cutting, the quarantine happened. So everyone's home, out of work, you know. Yeah. And so I can imagine I put myself in those situations because I was pissed at first. But then I started thinking, like, you know, what would I do if I was... So I kind of sympathized with everyone. But it seemed like all the, you know, men, dads or whatever, threw their lawnmower in the back of their truck and drove around cutting grass for for money. And that really, for us, that do it full-time, that really took a hit on uh, the local companies. um, Because, you know, they're underbidding, cutting it for cheap. And I lost four customers three or four customers to start the year off and i'm so so upset wow see i didn't even know i didn't even understand that like i hadn't even considered that during a covid situation like how that even played into it but i'm glad you even said that because that makes a lot of sense i could imagine like this is some like hey i'm gonna go pick up some extra bucks I'm going to, you know, grab my gear and I'll get out there. And like you said, they undercut your price. Like there's a difference between like me cutting the lawn and me hiring somebody cutting the lawn, you know, because, you know, here's the thing. Like I don't want to cut my lawn and I don't, I don't take pride in cutting my lawn, but I've, I, I definitely, I, I see like my neighbors across the street and they're like so meticulous about it. And I love the fact that they are proud about how they do that. Right. Yeah. Because to me, it's impressive. And I mean, if you, if you, if you if you have like a um i don't want to say skill but like there's just a a want to like you know provide a service for somebody right and you want to provide yeah. at the highest highest level you know here's my lawn care service and like you said like you invest in time you do it to the 100% of your ability like your mentor had said and then when you get somebody who undercuts your price I'll cut it for half and then they come and they just do the real quick mow and blow real quick and they move on. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a difference there, you know, and I, th- I think that, you know, you sharing that and exposing it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I didn't consider that. I did. I did know that there was a lot, like a huge, like influx of like drivers, people for like Uber and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, and like, I don't know what the other apps are, the other delivery apps, but I did know that that was like a huge, a lot of people that, 
worked for like um goodness i can't remember the name of the um the service but basically you just order food from them and they deliver it to you right Oh, like Grubhub. Or yeah, like Grubhub, like exactly. Yeah, a lot of pe- a lot of drivers were. Ma- I've seen that online. A lot of drivers were were like kind of protesting it for a second. Like, <laughs> yeah, what is going on? But yeah. I didn't even I didn't even realize that was the situation in lawn care or like you know and in landscaping at all. And now that you're talking about it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, there's on the thing, like you said, there's things that you know you wouldn't even think of that how COVID's affecting, but. Um, the more I experience, the more I'm like noticing a lot of other small things. I'm like, man, I can't believe how everything's changing. But like you were saying with the with the delivery drivers, um, they're uh, I think Postmates. There's another one, but there was situation here and um in my state and something that it's like a lawsuit or something but um it ended up being a good thing because another another company came out of it similar uh delivery thing so i don't know it's oh, there's it pros and pros and cons to this covid thing is what that, I'm that's to true say. because i am seeing a lot of business a lot of business owners it's an opportunity for people to kind of step out and take a piece of the slice of the market you know yeah and, yeah you know in some time some places it's maybe not be as beneficial you know obviously like in the lawn care situation um mm-hmm. i totally see that because it, it could be easy for any guy just to run out there and you know undercut a price you know especially in a lot of services they do that all the time but um yeah but no i get you i totally feel it um yeah i know like for me like i got laid off because of covid and then I actually just found out um, on Facebook. I found out recently through Facebook that there was a hiring fair at the place that I got laid off on, laid off from. And I was like, wow. No way. Yeah, dude. I found out on Facebook, bro. I know. It was, <sighs> I was just like, I didn't even get no phone call. Thank you. You know? So I'm not going to mention the company, but, you know, I'm I'm definitely done with them. I'm upset. And, yeah. you know, whatever. You, you get, there's a thing where I'm not prideful on the, like what kind of work I do or anything, but... I would have, I would have, I wanted to at least be, you know, considered upon re returning, you know, but I didn't even get that consideration. It just went straight. I didn't get a call. I didn't get an email for anything. <laughs> As a matter of fact, man, uh, a, a temp agency offered me a position for a completely different field of work that I have no experience in where I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know what, like, okay. Like I don't, I cannot jump into a position as like an AC technician without any experience in that. Like, I don't know where to begin or to stop with that. Right. And this is the only position that was, that was given to me, um, or even presented to me in the last two months. So it's, it's, it's been a little, it's been a hit and miss out here. Everything is super competitive right now, but, um, but yeah, getting laid off and then, and then not being, you know, not being asked to come back and, and seeing that job fair, through a Facebook. And the thing is that it wasn't an ad for the job fair. It was a news article, uh, about the results of the job fair, which has sucked even harder. <laughs> it's like a slap in the face. Yeah, dude. So, um, that kind of happened. I That's happened to me. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how competitive it is in California right now. So I, to- <laughs> dude, I went to a, I went to a, a, a job f- opening fair for UPS. Uh, one of my life uh, lifelong dreams is to be a UPS man, man. That's like my, my dream job. 
It's either that or a bread truck driver. Either one of those. Because <laughs> I want the shorts. I want the shorts yeah. and the socks from the UPS. No, the, yeah, the short shorts, definitely. Exactly. And uh, my wife said that she likes a man in uniform. So that's kind of why I want to. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, and then uh, after that, I so I went down to the UPS place and um, I'm I'm getting, you know, this is COVID, COVID era. So everything's all kind of different and kind of willy nilly when I show up. Yeah. And like there's there's tents outside of the office and there's lines of people wrapping around the building. And I'm like, yo, I'm not about to jump in here and go through these tents with all these people. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's a you want me to walk through the tents with this line of people. Not going to happen. So I went up to the front of the uh, the line. I cut in line and I was just like, hey, um, I just want to ask a question. I'm not going to take your place. I just want to ask a question. So sure. And I said, um, what what are the hours of availability? What does it look like for you? And yeah. uh, it turned out that they were only hiring for the Christmas season. Uh, temporary people. Right. And uh. and I'm talking like a line of at least 200 people were already there. And I showed up maybe, I want to say, I showed up around like 9 a.m. I was there. And like the, it didn't start until about, I want to say, 8. It started at 8. And this is a, this is a job fair. So they're just, t- they're taking people, like you go in there, like a cattle call with, you know, 200 people. The line's yeah. already 200 people deep. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. They're taking interviews all the way until 1 p.m. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to sit here and fight for my, you know, I'm not going to not that I didn't, wasn't going to fight, but like, it's one of those weird things where it's like, there's other people here. My odd, the chances of me getting hired in a temporary position for two to three hours a day, you know, two to three times a week is not worth my time. Right. Yeah. And it kind of sucks, dude, because it's just it was super competitive. I already I just seen all the people there and I was like, oh, my gosh. So. I don't know. There's we'll a there's a lot of people like that that have the same, you know, they show up and I'm not saying you're doubting yourself, but a lot of people are like just doubt the situation and you know, walk away. So it's definitely yeah. you know, I yeah, I agree I understand where you're coming from. So I I mean like it's just one of those I've never been in a position like this before, you know, where I've I mean, I've always been, it's always getting a job has always been easy for me. I've never had yeah. difficulty finding a job. As a matter of fact, I moved, when I moved to Riverside, uh, I had a, I had already worked out the transition between the company I was working for and the company I was going to start working for. And okay. I had a two day transition period where I was going to be off on a Thursday and then I would move down on a Friday and I would unpack all my stuff and then I'd go to work the next day at the new company. Okay. This is how I'd planned everything out. Everybody's on the same page. Got the email two weeks before I put in my, my final written request. I've got confirmation that I got the position. Everything's worked out. I show up on the first day and they pretty much tell me that they, they moved somebody internally into the position that I had, that I was given. They moved them up into that position. So, yeah. So then they put me on the back burner for two weeks and then they reoffer me a new position where I had to take a $5 pay cut. Okay. And (sighs) yeah, yeah, it was terrible, man. I was like, okay, well, whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm not in a position to argue at this point. I just got married. I want to get back to work. You know, I don't, I don't play around. I just got to put some money in the bank. Right. And that was like my goal. But 
um, I was there for about two months and then the COVID thing happened and the, the area that I worked in, I'm spe- I was specifically handling product that was handed to me by five, six, seven other people, right? So the okay. product comes down the line and it's gone through six, seven pairs of hands before it's even gotten to me. So yeah. there's no way that you're going to keep this factory open without cross-contaminating or spreading the, the virus, you know, when you're at max capacity, you know, yeah. max product moving down the line, not going to happen. You're going to spread it like wildfire in there. They started doing the the checks on us, the temperature checks and everything. And yeah. that's when we got the news like, hey, we might not show up next week. Just be ready. And then one, one Friday they bring us in and they said, we're going to let, you know, you guys don't come in. We'll let you know. Call this 1-800 number and um, call this every day. And then we'll call you when it's time to come back. That's what they, that was the information they gave us. Oh my I, gosh. Yeah, dude. It's, the sad thing is that I actually went back a month after they shut down and was like, hey, I'm not sure how this works, but I've been calling the number and I haven't received anything and nobody's called me yet. And the response I got was, we will call you when it's safe to come back. Okay. So I left, came home, and uh, that, was about a, that was about a month of me being you know, told, don't come in yet. And then I so finally- you're just chilling in Riverside this whole time, dude. I've been I've been chilling. We'll work on the podcast and stuff, but uh, yeah, it's been kind no, of I mean, strange. I mean, while you're waiting for this phone call, you're just yeah. I was just chilling. I'm out. just I'm just I'm just chilling with you know my wife. She had an apartment up here because she's going to school, and so I just moved okay. into an apartment with her. So I'm I was you know everything as far as like living situation was kind of already worked out because oh, okay. my wife gotcha. is already going to school up here. She's and so I was like, okay, well, it's easy for me to transition and come up here. And, um, that's what I did. And then next thing I know, I end up getting, you know, laid off and it's kind of mm-hmm. been, it's since April. So April I got laid off and then that's kind of been where it's been pretty, pretty grim. And there is yeah. a lot of, I mean, people, this is a thing I've gotten people reach out to me like, Hey, can I, you know, here's, here's a position available. And I'm, and I'm like, I wish that there, it's not, I don't know how, I don't know how how people feel about this. I'm not sure what the situation or the general consensus is, but you know, when, when you're used to working in a certain field and having, you know, a certain sort of, uh, you know, I guess work environment, like for me, manufacturing and stuff like that is fun. I like it. There's a lot of moving pieces in a, in a, in a factory. You get to see a lot of interesting things. You meet cool people, you know, and it's just, yeah, I like that environment, you know, and for me to be offered, something out of my wheelhouse you know i just it's difficult because you're like oh now i just have to take it because it's a job and that's what the you know the general population needs is for everybody to get back to work and it's kind of been hard because i have to wrestle between that now where it's like um do i just go take the job wiping down the carts at ralph's you know because it's a job available or because but I mean, even if it is available, there's still 200 people applying for that one job, you know? So yeah, yeah. it's been, it's a little bit kind of like that right now. The market's a little unstable here in California. That's what I've noticed. So, mm-hmm. and unless you have some sort of, uh, you know, degree that offers you the opportunity to like work at, you know, from home or remotely from an office or, yeah, you know, something like that, it's, it's difficult to find, uh, employment, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you know, that's why I'm thinking, you know, I'm talking to you about starting your own business and everything. It's in, it's in, it's inspiring, you know, because you're talking about how you had to step out of the situation. You had to step out, think outside the box. You said yep. that starting your own business has offered you flexibility. And that's what I'm realizing now more than ever 
um, during this pandemic situation is that, um, you know, jobs that I would work prior to this did not offer a lot of flexibility. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I give my life to those jobs to work. I put everybody else on the back burner, you know, my relationships, my family would all go to the back burner because I invest so much into my job as far as time and effort. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess it's a lot of things to rethink now. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm talking to you about it because you know, there's just some people maybe are in this situation right now during this pandemic or during the era of, of just ugliness, whatever's happening in the universe, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see that, you know, you're able to do that, start something and just keep moving forward through it. And so I hope that's the same situation for me, man. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I, you know, hope, hope the best for you, but I really think, uh, small businesses are, you know, going to carry this economy through, you know, the situation right now. Um, you know, it's scary for everyone. It it, kind of, kind of upsets me the way some of these bigger businesses are handling um obviously they no one's experienced this before um but it seems like man they let someone go or they let you know a group of people go there is no sympathy whatsoever yeah and it's you know it's it sucks it sucks it's like they just kick you to the curb that's kind of how it felt, man. Cause I was just kind of like, I, I, I liked, I liked the people, I liked certain people that I worked with, like the crew that I worked with was cool at the job I was, yeah. I was previously employed with, employed at those people. They were down to earth. They were guitar players, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to give you more information about that, but <laughs> anyways, they were, just, yeah. they were my kind of people, you know, <laughs> they were just my people. And I was like, yeah, these, this is, this is awesome. You know, I get to like be around things that I love and there's other people that share, share that same sentiment and um those people you know who you are um you guys are cool (laughs) um but as far as management and how you guys handled your hr situation i don't even know where to begin with that um anyways uh hey i want to talk ask a question maybe i'm not sure how you how you feel about getting into this i know this is a huge kind of a hot topic i guess but um what does veterans health look like um, if you're self-employed and also I think kind of adding on to that, like during the COVID situation, has there been, uh, like, a, op, is there resources for veterans that, you know, maybe are going through something during this time? Um, so veteran healthcare, I'm not going to say as a joke, um, but it's not the best. And a lot of, a lot of veterans, veterans have been fighting fighting this fight forever with the government there i think the veterans healthcare system is severely underfunded um and that directly affects the care you are getting as a veteran um may not be the best because you know they can't hire certain doctors or you know the best doctors etc and I think our veterans deserve the best. They should, you know, they deserve the best healthcare. Um, But for what we have right now, it's better than nothing. Um, There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of help right now. There's a lot of help out there. Um, I had a list of links can't remember um but if you go on va.gov they got a lot of 
COVID um, situation outreach and stuff right now. That's a lot of help. Um, I actually went on there not too long ago to read through a couple articles just to see what, how the VA was handling the situation and everything. But um, that's a, it's it's hold, hold on. Sorry, my daughter just oh, ran all good. in here. Okay, I'll be with you in a minute. Daddy! Um, the way people... I'm sorry, they just threw me oh, It's all topic. good. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, oh, VA. Um, I don't have ins- I don't have healthcare through the VA anymore because I just switched on to my wife's um, healthcare because she started a new job and it was better than what, what I was getting, but you can, as a veteran, you can still, um, when you transition out of active duty, that's when um, you'll have your opportunity to go to the VA, um, have your medical record transferred. So, you know, they try to make it a smooth transition um, insurance-wise. So the your care and coverage just continues. Um, but... For veterans that didn't do that, you can still um, sign up for healthcare. It's it's gonna be a different name. It's like Tricare while you're active duty and uh, Prime or Tricare Prime or something when you're um, out of duty. But there's still a lot of help with the VA. But I I definitely think it could be better. Um, I've uh, this I mean I didn't in, I didn't include this question in your notes, but cause I just thought of it now, but, um, do you, is there any resources? I'm not sure what your thoughts are about like mental health when it comes to veteran care, because this is something that I hear a lot about in like, you know, popular media. So mm-hmm. is that something that like you personally have kind of like seen firsthand, like what that's like for veterans or, um, I have not seen it firsthand. Um, but I've read into a lot of um, articles and um, not mainstream news stuff, but like a lot of stuff that um, veterans have been sharing through like their own stories on Facebook right. or stuff, you know, Facebook groups for veterans. You know, I go on there and, and it just kills me um, the situation these veterans are in. And, there is still not enough help for them. You know, I, I can't remember. I used to have this, how many suicides a day memorized, but it's, it shouldn't be like that. There's not enough help. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I, yeah, it definitely needs to be a lot more help in that area. Cause you know, like the reason why I ask is because, you know, I've, you see, I see a lot of things on Facebook, Instagram or whatever. And, um, you see a lot of these Washington Post and LA Times articles that are all, you know, all yuppied up. And, yeah. you know, Average Fails podcast, we're trying to get the real story, the beat on the streets. Y'all yeah, yeah, for sure. For exactly. Sure. And so, I, you know, I wanted to kind of hear it from you as a veteran, as somebody, you know, who's, you know, you might be combing through some of those articles, not as much as, there's, you know, some of us that have other industry, yeah. uh, you know, interests. So, you know, it's good to hear that. It's good to hear kind of, you know, what's going on and hear your take on it. But yeah, it's something that, you know, I've always kind of seen a lot of, a lot of news articles based around it. It's always kind of been like kind of 
clouded in like some gray misconception because of, you know, political elites wanting to tell certain stories or something like that. You know, I, there's just a lot of information out there. And so I, I'm, I'm, I want to get to like the bottom, like the root of it and try to get the best, uh, the best knowledge or direction for myself to go looking, you know? And it doesn't have to be, it seems like everything's, um, revolving around money. It, it's, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to come down to money. Like if you can just put yourself in a position to offer like, you know, a shoulder to talk to or, or cry on or whatever, or you see, you know, a veteran that's, you know, struggling to, uh, you know, put food on a table for that month, you know, donate some of your food, donate some of your time. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, donating to a, a group um, money every month or whatever. It's just a lot of little things will go a long way Yeah, with, um, with veterans and that need help. Awesome. And Hey, so, I mean, I really appreciate you talking about all this stuff today, man. Uh, I knew it was going to be a good, ep- good episode. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. It's a really good talk. I really appreciate it, man. It's a lot of interesting things to think about especially business owners veterans man there's a lot of good mm-hmm. things to listen to and 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 think about after this episode um hey before we finish up today uh if you can recommend one mower and edger combo um what would it be because i think this is an average fellow's question yes for okay. all the garage dads this is what you need to know right for all you kids out there wanting to get something for your dad this is this is the answer that we're getting down to right the nitty-gritty <laughs> Okay, so I'm assuming you're talking about like residential level. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel okay. Like, well, residential, and then like give me like your dream, like what the dream setup is. Okay, gotcha. All right, so if you are wanting a perfect lawn, you want to show off to your neighbor and, and dominate, I would recommend uh, Honda 21 inch push mower from. Uh, Home Depot has the best um, self-propelled traction on the market. That thing will pull you. It'll make you run if you if you can't keep up. Um, has one of the best cut qualities for uh, like a homeowner, and you can mulch with it. You can bag with it. Um, the Honda engine has been proven reliable for so many years. What usually one start pull. Um, Wow. Really, really good mower. I'd recommend that. And then as far as a trimmer or edger, everyone calls it a different thing. Um, I believe this one you can get from Lowe's. It's the Husqvarna 525L. And that is the commercial model, but they offer it to, you know, you can go in Lowe's and pick it up. It's, it's going to be a little pricey, but it will last you a long time. I currently have this one, so um, it's been my dream, Edger. So I'm halfway there on my dream. Yeah. Um, but I recommend that. And then my dream, so I do commercial stuff. Um, I can't just go around with a Home Depot lawnmower because yeah. it, <laughs> it would break because I'm cutting every day. But my dream, it's a the brand is called Walker. It's a zero turn, um, sit on mower 
and the deck is out front of you because a traditional zero turn, the deck, you're sitting above the deck. Um, yeah. But the this design, the deck's in front of you, so it floats with uneven terrain, so you're not scalping the yard wow. or uh, cutting, like, yeah, super short. And then it has a collection box right behind your back. So um, it's a vacuum tube that go that connects to the deck underneath so you're bagging grass and you don't have to worry about shooting clippings into flower beds or all over the driveway um super efficient saves time because you won't have much to blow off uh driveways and sidewalks and it's pretty pricey i think their new models are going for 15 grand so um, basically what i'm hearing I'm, you saying is like you're just kind of putting this on the wish list for the wife to hear, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I am, I am, I, I have started saving for one. Um, I'll probably start off with the used one first, but that is my dream mower for sure. Wow, that's awesome, man. Man, that's funny. Hey, I'm just going to tell you real quick what my setup is back at home. It's a Toro Walmart mower and uh, one of those like uh, Black & Decker Hedgehog edgers, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. <laughs> it's okay. You could say it. You're ashamed of me. Okay, it's, You could say it. <laughs> I, I'll definitely help you upgrade your equipment. Uh, when you're ready, just shoot me a, a text. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what to get. For sure. Awesome, man. Hey, man, uh, it's been good catching up. It's been good talking with you, uh, hanging out on the call. I know your kids are probably getting hungry right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, any last words you want to share with us before we sign off today? Um, I love what you're doing with the podcast. I wish you the best. You know, keep going. Um, I know you're going to be famous one day and I would love to come back for another episode. You know, I could keep talking, but um, I did want to sh- uh, send uh, or put a plug in woundedwarriorproject.org. Um, a lot of information on there. Go check them out. You can donate and find out what to do f- through them. Um, I'll come back on another episode for for my podcast. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, man. That'll I'll be w- awesome. It's okay. But I wish you guys the best, man. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, Ryan. I really appreciate having you, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Uh, we will uh, definitely be looking out for your podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Average Files Podcast. We'll catch you guys later. Um, like, subscribe, review, all those good things. Take it easy. Peace and love. Cool. Awesome.